precious blood has let me forgiven Pure like the whitest of snow Powerful to make sin and shame this covenant is making me whole So I will rise and lift my head For by His mercy my life was spared The highest name has set me free Because of Jesus my heart is clean Purify my heart in your presence Teach me to discover the joy Of holiness that forms as you draw me close in you what was lost is restored So I will rise and lift my head For by His mercy my life was spared The highest name has set me free Because of Jesus my heart is clean So I will rise And lift my head For by His mercy My life was spared The highest name Has set me free Because of Jesus My heart is clean because of Jesus, my heart is clean. Good morning. Let's stand together as we worship our Saviour and King.
Oh Lord Jesus, it is true. This is our story, our testimony of what you've done in our lives, Lord. And we come this morning, we come on this Good Friday to worship you, Jesus, as our Saviour, as our King, to thank you for the cross, all that you've done for us there. And so, Lord, right from the outset, we pray, come by your Spirit. Help us to capture afresh the wonder of all that you've done for us, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Welcome to our Good Friday service. Before you take a seat, why don't you turn to those around you and just welcome each other. Those with us online, a big welcome to you as well. Chris is your online host this morning. Why don't you greet each other online as well. It's so good to have you sharing with us. Great job welcoming. Make sure you do stay after the service for hot cross buns outside. Love to share that together and tea and coffee as well. You'd be so welcome to stay with us. My name is Nathan. I'm the senior pastor here at Bridgman Baptist Church. I want to just let you know how glad we are that you could come and join with us, whether you're online or here in person for our Good Friday service. These are always such special services for us as we come to give thanks again for the cross, Jesus' sacrifice for us. Every Easter, we take up an appeal to bless those in need in our world. And this year, our Easter appeal is going to support those in need in Ukraine, the crisis that continues to unfold there. On your way in, on the chairs, you will receive these envelopes. You're welcome to grab these now. There's an opportunity to give um, over this weekend towards this work. You can give electronically or cash or cheque. It's available. The giving is tax deductible. Just make sure you complete your details there. The situation in Ukraine, as you know, is very serious. There's now 7.1 million people who have been displaced within the country itself. And over 10 million people have had to leave their homes. 90% of those people are women and children. And as you know, the situation uh, is not improving at this stage. And we want to pray this morning that God will come, bring peace to this part of the world. We're supporting two organisations that are working on the ground there. The Australian Baptist World Aid and OM, both of them are on the ground in Ukraine, providing much-needed food, emergency care, medical help, as well as refuge for those who have been displaced. It's a great cause to give towards. I want to encourage you to give generously towards this. We know God's heart breaks when He sees the need in our world. And so it's our joy to be able to be part of revealing His love. And I want to let you know there's some great things happening there. As these organisations are on the ground, as they are showing God's love in a practical way, people are encountering the hope and life that is found in Jesus. And so we give thanks for that. But we're going to pray for that in just a moment as well. You feel free to do that even during the service. If you want to give towards that, feel free. If you are giving by cash or check, as you leave today at the door, there are some boxes there next to the giving stations. You can just pop it in there. And we'll make sure that gets passed on to support this great work. I do want to remind you as well that we are back here on Sunday, Easter Sunday, celebrating the resurrection, the good news that Jesus is alive. And they are celebration services. Don't miss it. Come. It's going to be special. More stories shared. Sunday night service, 6 p.m. Baptism, really special baptism at that service as well. And you're so welcome to come and join with us for those services as well. Let me pray as we continue in our service. I want to pray particularly for the situation, for this offering as it goes out for Ukraine and for our world too. So let's join our hearts together as we do that. Heavenly Father, we come before you now. and We want to pray 
for our world at this time. Lord, we know that your heart breaks when you see the injustice, when you see the loss of life. Lord, this is not how you intended it to be. And so, Lord, we pray your blessing over this offering as it go, goes out. Lord, thanks for OM. Thanks for Baptist World Aid. Thanks for those who are on the ground there, being your hands and your feet, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for other parts of our world too, Lord. We know there is much suffering, brokenness, pain, heartache in many parts of our world. We pray, Lord, that you calm, your peace would come. Lord, we want to pray for our own community, city and nation at this time. It's been a difficult season, the floods, other challenges that we've been faced. Lord, some here that this very morning I know will be facing challenges and trials. Lord, minister your love and your comfort this morning, we pray as well. And Lord, continue throughout this service. May we just be so aware of your nearness, your presence with us as we give thanks for what you've done for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. We started the service this morning with the words of Isaiah 53. I want to read just a little bit further as we continue in our service this morning. It continues. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many. AD, during the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, the chief priests and elders of the Jewish people brought a man they called Jesus of Nazareth before Pilate. With many testimonies and falsehoods, they heaped accusations against him, yet he did not speak a word of defense. After questioning Jesus himself, Pilate said to the crowd that had gathered, You have brought me this man for inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for the charges against him. Therefore, I shall punish him and release him. But the crowd only shouted, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I shall punish him and release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and surrendered Jesus to their will. a moment where all moments seemed to stop. Darkness swelled into crescendo right above the cross. There was a moment 
where all hope seemed lost as the flicker of light was snuffed out by the blanket of the night. No one who has walked on these lands was ever like this man. I saw him, saw great crowds flock to him like, like seagulls flock to a fisherman's boat. I saw him eat at the outcast's table and welcome children with open arms. Those of us who traveled with him would stare wide-eyed at each other and say, this is him. This is God's promise. This is God's rescue. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Did you not see the way he loved? Did you not glimpse the depth of compassion in his eyes? Were you not there when the blind saw and the lame walked and the mute shouted and jumped for joy? Were you not there to hear the praises of the people as he walked into the city? But they could not see past their envy and their anger. They plotted and planned and dragged him to be sentenced to a criminal's death. A guiltless man condemned with the twisted crown of thorns set upon his head. They spat in his face. They mocked him. They hailed him King of the Jews. They struck him with their fists. They beat him. They whipped him. They mocked him. They flogged him. They made him carry a wooden cross. They nailed him to the beams and nailed through his palms and a nail through his feet. And they hung him up to die on display. see it now. As he hung on that cross, the agonizing pain that overwhelmed every breath was not just his own. It was yours. It was mine. Our pride, our jealousy, our anger, unforgiveness, hatred, laziness, dishonor. Jesus was bearing the weight of it all. Don't you see? Don't you perceive it? The pain of every single time you and I have turned our backs against God, collided in one space and time on Jesus' shoulders. This was the greatest act of love. Jesus came to save us. way of pain was the only way and then he said it is finished 
all my shame, all my suffering, all my sin gone with Him. Jesus, we want to tell this morning you're the most incredible king ever. What an amazing king that you would come, come humbly, leaving all the glory of heaven, come to serve, come to give your very life for us. Who are we, Lord Jesus? That you, the king of heaven, would come sacrifice your very life 
And so, Lord, our only right response this morning is just to worship you, to praise you, to thank you this morning. And so now as we come in these moments to share around your table in communion, we continue just to offer our thanks and our praise to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Wasn't that powerful? Now at the heart, at its very heart, Christianity is a rescue religion. It declares that God has taken the initiative through Jesus Christ to deliver us from from our sin. And the Bible says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the main theme of the Bible, that we needed a Savior, that we needed to rescued and at the very centre of God's rescue mission was the cross and grasping the centrality of the cross is what Good Friday is all about, that's why we're here in the middle this morning I want you to grasp afresh that this, the cross of Jesus, his sacrifice for us is the centre of all of human history All of history before looked forward in expectation to the cross and all of history since looks back in faith to what Jesus has done for us. Because at the cross, we are reconciled to God. It's at the cross that we are all one in Christ Jesus here this morning. It's at the cross that we are welcomed in to the family of God, the kingdom of light and love. Aren't these just incredible truths, amazing promises, truths, realities that we know? And someone who's experienced that rescue in her own life in a powerful way is Sarah. Sarah's here with her daughter, Olivia, this morning. And Sarah's come to share some of her story, her rescue story, before we come to share in this meal together. Can we welcome Sarah, encourage her as she comes to share her story this morning? My name is Sarah and my journey to our Lord Saviour really began at the beginning of my life. However, this journey of mine really was a slow burn to say the least. I was born into a beautiful family with parents that showered us with love and showed us Christian values. However, I always felt different to my sisters and struggled with discipline as I continued to fail to bow down and conform. I fought against authority and I played by my own rules. At 19, I married and we had two beautiful sons together, Dylan and Reese. During the 10 years of being with my husband, I stopped thinking about God at all. I was 29 years old when I ended my marriage as I realised my self-serving, delinquent attitude had only been subdued. I realised how much I did not know what love was as God is love. And without him, I was completely unable to love in this relationship like he deserved. I had my two little boys and I felt that I did not need Jesus or anyone else to tell me what to do. Oh, Heavenly Father, how wrong I was. At 30 years old, I was swept up in a new relationship. It was exciting, but driven by desire and greed. 
It wasn't long until I knew that this man abused a lot of illegal substances and not much longer after that had me sharing in it also. The deeper I fell into this relationship, the further I separated myself from God and others. Then things dramatically turned for the worst. I found myself in a toxic, controlling and very abusive relationship. It was domestic violence at its most extreme and many attempts to leave often resulted in worse injury and control. I spent five years trying to escape, even shocking the authorities that I kept on surviving. It was at this time that I began to pray to God. I used to beg him to protect my children, keep them safe, and to set me free from this life of torture and pain. But soon enough, my begging turned to anger towards our Lord, and I remember yelling prayers and blaming him for my own trials and temptation, accusing him of forsaking me. After years of running and hiding, I finally escaped from this violent relationship and everything that went with it, and my family and I were finally safe from harm. Although my family and I were now protected, I found myself still so angry towards our Lord. But even when I kept fighting against God, I now see so clearly how He never ever stopped fighting for me. I know this because as I now look back, I see what I did not choose to see back then. I experienced a miracle through all the harrowing pain my sons and I had endured. This miracle was made in the form of a baby, conceived from violence, a true gift from God that ended up saving my life and giving me the strength to go on again. Our Lord knew I needed her, my daughter, Olivia Faith. The birth of my daughter managed to bond my sons and I together in such a miraculous way that it began our healing from the trauma. God directed us to churches and their charities who clothed us, housed us and counselled us. I remember at this time I was accepting all God's gifts from the people he had placed in my path to help me, but pushing the people away. Very quickly, I ended up shutting the door on, my, on life with just four walls, my two sons and my baby. I became a recluse in my own home. Years went by. I was now 39 years old and still angry with life and everyone and blaming God for my brokenness through prayer. Then something happened. I was about to embark on the undeniable ultimate experience of fear, then light, that conquered all darkness forevermore. My eldest son, Dylan, went from an always athletic, strong, healthy boy to a, com a comatosed ICU stroke patient predicted to die at only 13 years old. After CTs and MRIs and multiple tests, the doctors found very large and very rare pus clusters on his brain from a brain infection that was resistant to all known antibiotics. It was midnight in ICU when he took an even bigger turn for the worse. Doctors sat me down and showed me a picture of Dylan's brain and told me they need to remove his skull in order to try and save his life, but it wasn't looking good. 
After Dilla went into theatre, my memory blacks out until I came to the realisation I was lying on the floor in the chapel of the hospital. Something so beyond miraculous happened to me in those long hours my boy was in surgery. I felt like I was being held in Jesus' arms. In that moment, our Lord Jesus released me of all my pain and I was not afraid at all. He enveloped my whole being and healed my long, broken, anarchy heart of all my pain. This experience was so incredibly ultimate. I do not have enough words to describe. Jesus came down to me and gave me an undeniable sense of peace and freedom. He replaced my heart and filled it with his love. My life has never been the same since and the miracles have not stopped coming either. Nearly seven hours later, Dylan was out of surgery and to all the neuro team's surprise, he was stable. Dylan had to relearn how to walk and eat and talk all over again, but we never stopped smiling for something not of this world was still holding me. My once a very negative heart of pain was now a brand new heart filled with hope, peace and love and all overnight. It has been almost three years since my special encounter with God and not a day goes by that I don't feel Him holding me. My trauma has been erased from my heart and I am high on life and love and God Himself. What He gave me that night was a new beginning of everything beautiful and I am forever grateful to Him. I went from hating everyone to loving everything all overnight and people can see it. He's given me the strength to forgive my past, the people in it and myself. It was Jesus that gave me a reason to live again. You are my shepherd, dear Lord. I was living in darkness and governed by trauma and pain. You filled my broken heart with your love and showed me your light. Because of you, I am free. My Father, my love, my Saviour. How good is that? Can we thank Sarah for sharing and Olivia as well this morning? This, this is the transformation that Jesus brings. It's incredible. And so we come now to share in this meal that Jesus ordained for us. On your way in, you should receive a little cup. You can begin to prepare that now as we come to share the bread together, the wafer there and the juice as well. But Jesus ordained this meal so that we would never, ever forget the significance of his sacrifice for us. He said, keep doing this until I come again. Remember all that I have done for you. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. As he gathered with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this, this represents my body, which is given for you. Take and eat and remember me. So let's take the bread, take the wafer, and we're going to eat and give thanks in our hearts now.
the same way after meal, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant, my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins that you might have life, might know what it means to be washed clean. So he said, take this, drink this, and give thanks for the forgiveness that is found in me. Let's take and drink with hearts full of thanks this morning. Oh, Lord, we just want to pour out our praise to you now. We thank you that it's true. That on that cross as you hung there, you declared it is finished. That there is now no condemnation. The guilt and shame has been taken away. Not only did you hang on that cross, Lord, but you overcame death. You rose again so we might have new life in you, resurrection life in you. Thank you, Lord, that we can now live in the freedom of that, that you are now the one who reigns supreme, Lord, that you've made your resurrection power available to us to overcome sin and death and the grave. And so this morning, Lord, we join with all of heaven, all of heaven around your throne, singing, worthy is the Lamb, crying out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is our praise to you this morning. This is our prayer. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing all hail to King Jesus. Let's worship this morning.
Great God, we do hail You this morning, King of kings and Lord of lords, an extraordinary Saviour. We're the most blessed people in the whole world, great God, to worship and to praise and to know You. You're extraordinary. And as we reflect this morning, we, how can we not give You thanks? How can we not give You praise? How can we not give You honour, great God, the One who laid down His life so that we could experience freedom and life? We honour You this morning, great God. We love You this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to grab a seat. I just want to welcome uh, you this morning. Welcome to those online as well. My name's David, one of the pastors here. And uh, such a privilege just to share with you briefly this morning. Uh, but you know, several years ago now, um, I... Uh, this is kind of pre-Christian days, just uh, saying this up front. Uh, um, yeah, before I was a Christian, I, I kind of had a few occasional parties uh, at my parents' house in my late teenage years. Not, uh, not proud of that by any means, and teenagers don't do that. Uh, but uh, um, I, I, I would I'd have a few parties. And I remember one night in particular, um, my, a couple, I had a few mates around, and uh, as young boys do, they got into, a couple of my mates got into a bit of a wrestle on my, my parents' lounge room floor. And uh, in the midst of this wrestle that was going on, one of my mate's heel, the back of his heel, went through the plasterboard wall of my parents' lounge room and left, a, I suppose, a fairly significant hole. Like, not massive, but a, a decent hole. I mean, you certainly couldn't hide it with a lamp or something like that. I mean, uh, when my parents come home, they were going to see it. And so um, I kind of thought, oh, no, I was a bit devastated about this, naturally. You know, am I going to get in heaps of trouble? What's this going to look like? And uh, anyway, the next day, my parents came home, and, uh, and uh, that naturally, I sort of didn't say anything initially, but naturally, they came across this hole in the lounge room uh, of their wall. And my parents said to me, David, what, what has happened here? What's the go with this hole in, in our wall? And I didn't think too much of it, but I just, I didn't, you know, I just, I didn't want my mate to get in trouble or anything. And, and, and I must have known, you know, my parents are pretty gracious and stuff. And I just said, look, I, I told them the truth, mostly the truth. Uh, I just, uh, I, I said to them, I said, well, look, I, I was wrestling with a mate. I had just had a couple of mates over last night. I was wrestling with my mate on the floor and my, my heel uh, went through the wall and I'm, I'm sorry and all that sort of stuff. And my dad, he's just one of the calmest, most chill person. He goes, look, it's fine, you know, very gracious. And he's very handy. And so he said, look, I'll, you know, that afternoon he found some plaster, he fixed it up. You wouldn't even know there was a, a hole in the wall and it was, it was relatively all good. Um, but, but that week I remember being at school um, and my mate said to me, he said, what, what happened uh, with you? Did your parents see the hole in the wall? Like what happened? That, that very mate who put his heel, not me, but he put his heel through the wall, said to me, what happened with that? And, and I said, oh yeah, look, it's all good, no worries at all. I just said to my parents that I was wrestling one of my mates and my heel went through the wall. It's funny actually, because it makes me look amazing in this story. So uh, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't mean it to be like that. But, but I just, I didn't think of it too much like that. I just kind of, I just, I don't know. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I just didn't want him to get in trouble. And I just said to him, well, I just told my parents that my heel went through the, the wall. And I didn't think much of it, but he was flawed. He was genuinely like, What? Like, like, are you kidding me? What do you mean? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, what, what? Like, you said that you did it, like, not me. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just didn't want you to get in trouble. And he's like, that's incredible. Like, that's amazing. Now, honestly, I didn't really think it was that big a deal, but I thought, gee, I could really milk this, you know. Uh, you should buy me lunch, mate. Um, but, um, but I honestly didn't think it was that big of a deal. 
And, uh, and he goes, man, that's incredible. He goes, you know our mate Ricky, like if he put his heel through his parents' wall, he would blame me anyway, just so he wouldn't get in trouble. Like, like that, but you didn't even do it. And you, you like took the, the brunt of it. That's incredible. He was blown away. Now, I honestly didn't think it was that big a deal. But, but if you've ever, I suppose, experienced something like that before where you know you've done something wrong and ultimately you know you need to face the consequences of the thing that you've done wrong, and if someone steps in and takes the brunt of it, it's a really powerful thing. It's really quite powerful. Maybe someone's done that for you at work and you know you failed or you didn't, you didn't get that thing right and they kind of stepped in and took the brunt of it and it's just like, whoa. That's incredible. Now, I don't know if that happens too much or that happens to you very often, but when something like that does happen, it's remarkably powerful. And don't you see, this is what Good Friday is all about. This is what the message, the good news of God is all about. You see, it's easy to come along this morning and say, man, alive. Like we're focusing on this death on the cross. Like it seems morbid. Like it seems really morbid and like, you know, is there really much hope in it? But actually there is extraordinary hope in the good news message of Good Friday. There's extraordinary hope because it's because of the death that we can experience life. That's why we reflect, yes, upon it, but we celebrate as well because of the sacrifice that was made by the Saviour of the world, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. It's only through Christ that you can uh, go to heaven. It's only through Christ that you can have a relationship. Just like Sarah mentioned uh, this morning, a relationship with your heavenly Father. It's only through the sacrifice of Christ. It's the only way. But you know what's extraordinary? This king, I mean, what sort of a king would lay down his life like this? But this king lays down his life for you lays down his life for you so that you can experience freedom. Death on a cross so that you can experience life. It's remarkable. This is what the good news is all about. You see, it wasn't meant to be like this though. You know, God intended, he created a perfect world and perfect order and for humanity to live with one another in, in, in just perfection. No more suffering, no more heartache, no more pain. That wasn't his intention. And yet we look at the world today and we know there's suffering. We know there's heartache. We know there's wars that's going on. We know there's depression and anxiety. We know in our life today, have you ever sensed in your heart sometimes there's just it's just not meant to be like this. There's something not right here. And it's true. Something isn't right. And this wasn't God's intention. He created a perfect world, but we, we turned in on ourselves. At, at the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. In our own pride, we turned against God and we wanted to go our own way. We're still doing it today. We wanna be in control of our own lives. And God says, let, you, let go of your life and let me lead you and guide you and I will lead you to life and life to the full. But we don't want to, we don't want to. But today, you can this morning, you can take an opportunity to say, God, I need to surrender over to you. I need to give my life over to you so that I can experience life and life to the full. You know deep within your heart, something's not right. You know with the relational breakdowns and, and, and all the stuff that's going on in the business and the things you're just like, it's just something not working here. I, I, I thought I experienced that deep inner joy, that deep inner peace when I accumulated that and when I got that house and I got that career. I thought I would, I, I would sort of eventually have that peace. And when I got through those health concerns, then I would feel better, but, but the peace still hasn't come. 
The only way that we can truly be satisfied in the deepest parts of our soul, the deepest parts of our heart is when we encounter the very one who created us. It's the only way, the only way. And God gives you an opportunity this morning to say, hey, don't you see the sacrifice I made for you? Would you be willing? Would you be willing this morning to respond to me? The Bible puts it in this way in Colossians 1.19. This is Paul writing. He says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, talking about Christ. And through him, talking about Christ, to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, God is saying that, hey, when you look at the world today, yes, it's broken. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's suffering. But guess what? The good news is this, is that God never intended like that. And one day he's gonna set everything right. This is the good news. This is, ex- this is extraordinary news. That one day there will not be any more pain or suffering or heartache. He's gonna set it right. He's reconciling all things to himself. He's gonna wait, make the world right again. And he's gonna reconcile all of humanity to himself if you are willing. It's extraordinary. This is what he's gonna do. And he goes on by saying, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Whose blood? Christ's blood shed on the cross. It's the very thing that we've witnessed this morning as Jesus was hung on that cross. He did it for you and he did it for me. His blood shed. I came across this story a little while ago. It's a powerful story. In his book, Written in Blood, Robert Coleman tells the story of a little boy whose sister needed a blood transfusion. She had a rare blood type, which she shared with her little brother. The fact that he had recovered from the same disease two years earlier made the chances of success even greater. The doctor carefully explained all this to the little boy, pointing out that without the transfusion, his sister would die. Would you be brave and give your blood to your sister? The doctor asked. Johnny hesitated. His lower lip began to tremble. Then he smiled and said, sure for my sister. The two children were wheeled into the hospital room, Mary pale and thin, Johnny robust and healthy. He smiled at his sister and then watched as the blood traveled out of his body down the clear plastic tube. Johnny's smile faded as he lay there feeling weak. And he looked up at the doctor and said, doctor, when do I die? Johnny thought that giving his blood to his sister meant giving up his life. Yet because of his great love for her, he was was prepared to pay the price. It's an extraordinary story, but a story that this morning we have reflected upon ourselves. The blood shed on the cross was, uh, was, was shed for us. The great exchange took place. You see, I rightly deserve to be on that cross. If the entry point to heaven is perfection, let's be honest, every single one of us has fallen short of perfection. The Bible talks that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags to God. We can't live up to the standard, the moral law of God. We just can't live it. And so the consequences are of of death. The, The Bible talks about the wages of sin is death. The consequences are death. A price needs to be paid. We deserve death on a cross and yet Jesus out of his humility and his love and his grace. Don't you see he steps in your place and says, no, 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 I don't want you to go through that. I will do it for you. I will take your place. 
This is why Good Friday is such good news. Such good news. And you know what? This isn't available to some. Because this is the very reason that you're here today and you haven't been for a long time. It's the very reason that you're dragged along and you think, oh, I just, I don't want to do the church thing. I'm over it. it just, it's because you feel like you can't measure up. That's why. You feel like there's no way I could, I could be good enough. And you know what? The truth is that you're right. You can't measure up. None of us can. But thank God we don't need to. It's because Christ has stood in our place and said, I know you can't measure up, but I'll die in your place. Extraordinary sacrifice. The Bible says once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. You see, I know that you felt before I don't measure up to a holy and righteous God and it's true. But because of the sacrifice of Christ, God now looks at you if you're willing to surrender and say, okay, I'll put my faith in what Christ has done for me. Then God looks at you white, holy, without blemish in His sight, free from accusation. What an extraordinary thought. What What a remarkable thought. With all the guilt, I mean, have you ever felt guilty before? I'm sure you have. Every single one of us has felt like that before. We know we've done something wrong. We, we know we've fallen short and we've felt that guilt deep within our heart. Could you imagine waking up every morning before a holy and righteous God that has, has, has no fault, that is absolutely perfect and wake up knowing you love me and you value me, that, that before you, God, I'm white as snow without blemish, with no accusation. Can you imagine waking up but for a holy and righteous God, knowing you don't accuse me, you don't accuse me. What an extraordinary thing that would do for your life. And yet this is exactly what God is saying. So some of you have held back. Some of you thought, I, I could never come to God. Some of you, you know, you went to church many years ago. And there's something in you that thought, I'd love to, I'd love to recommit my life to this because I just know there's something true about this. But you think, oh, I've just... I'm too far gone. You don't know my journey. You don't know what I've been through. I'm just too far gone. Timothy Keller says, if you want to become a Christian, all you need is nothing. But most people don't have that. Most of us come with our recommendation letters, our resume, our morality, even our money. We come to a holy God saying, God, look, I've done this and I've tried to achieve this for you and all these things. He's not impressed by those things. He says, I just want you. I just want your heart. Would you be willing to surrender and yield your life to me and see what I can do for your life? You know, some of you come and you say, man, my life's a mess. You know, as I hear Sarah's story this morning as she shared about all that she's been through, I thought, man, what a tough, full-on life. And yet what a powerful moment as she laid on the floor of that little chapel in that hospital. And she cried out to her God, wondering, God, would you answer me? And do you look this morning, do you hear a person that's been disappointed? Not at all. Here's a woman whose life has been transformed and all that she's been through. You know, God is the one that can renovate your soul. He's the one that can renovate your heart. You know deep down you need it. You know that you're longing for something different, a better life, a fresh beginning. He's the only one that can truly satisfy the deepest longing of your soul. And he's wooing you this morning, saying, come to me. 
come to me. The ancient writer in the psalm writes these words, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so Lord, where do I put my hope? And he concludes this, my only hope is in you. He says, rescue me, rescue me. Proverbs 8.35, for those who find me find life and receive favour from the Lord. Those who find me find life. Don't you want fresh life, new life, new beginning, a fresh heart? It's the sacrifice of Christ that if you'd be willing to put your trust and faith in Him that you could experience new life this very morning. It's the same for those of you who are watching online. This very morning, you sit there and you know deep within your soul you need a new beginning. He can give it to you. Ernst and Gordon was a World War II prisoner of war who survived the horrors of the Japanese death camp by the River Kwai in Burma. In his book, Through the Valley of the Kwai, Gordon described how the unbearable despair of death camp was transformed into a spiritual triumph of a church without walls. The prisoners of wars were turned into slaves and forced to build a railroad of death for transporting prisoners to death camps and Japanese soldiers to the battlefront. These prisoners were tortured, diseased, starved and worked to the point of exhaustion. Every man's hand was against every other's, wrote Gordon. At one day's end, as the tools were being counted and the prisoners were about to return to their camp, the Japanese guard declared that a shovel was missing. He demanded to know which prisoner had stolen the shovel. All die, all die, shrieked the guard. He cocked his rifle, aimed it at the prisoners and promised to shoot them all. At that moment, one Scottish soldier stepped forward Standing at attention, he calmly declared, I did it. The guard viciously clubbed the helpless prisoner to death. When they returned to the camp, the tools were again counted and no shovel was missing. There had been a miscount. Like wildfire words spread throughout the prisoner of war camp, that an innocent man had sacrificed himself so that others might live. Don't you see it? This is what Christ has done for you. An extraordinary story of a man laying down his life. We deserve death. But because of the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross, the very thing that we reflect upon this good Easter, we experience not death, but life forevermore. Yes, there's death here on this earth, but then we experience eternal freedom forever with God. No more suffering, no more heartache, no more pain. Never again, as God sets everything right, live in perfect harmony. Don't you want that for your life? It's a free gift this morning. And I just am convinced that some of you go, yeah, I think I need that. I'm convinced that some of you go, I, I need to know what that is for my life. You don't need to know everything. You can just come as you are. Come as you are this morning. Respond to God and say, I need that. I need that. With eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're willing, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Lord, I know that you're speaking. 
There's some here, their hearts are pounding. There's some even weeping, even to the point of tears. How does he know my story? Don't you see it's God knocking on the door of your heart. He's wooing you this morning. Say, respond to me. If that's you, you can just pray a simple prayer in your head and in your heart. Dear God, I need you. I need you. Dear God, thank you for the sacrifice you made for me. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for rising again. Come into my heart right now. Come and be Lord and Saviour of my life. I need you. Fill me with your Spirit. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Father, I thank You for those that responded this very morning. I know You've got a plan and purpose for every single person because that's the truth of Your Word. And I just thank You, Lord, that those that responded, I pray You'd raise them up to know the love of You like never before, that You'd raise them up to be mighty missionaries and, and, and culture changes, great God, for Your kingdom purposes, we pray this morning. And for those of us who have heard this message so many times before, there's this, there's this sense in which, you know, familiarity can just set in. We can just become so familiar with this message, but protect us from it, great God. May we know afresh the goodness, the extraordinary message of this, this message, this good news, great God. May we never grow tired of it, but always have a willing heart to say, this is such good news. I need to be willing to share it with anyone I meet, anyone and everyone. And I pray we would not shy away from that great God. Lord, we just wanna thank You one more time for Your grace and for Your mercy and for Your love, the sacrifice that You made for us so that we could experience life. You are the greatest Father we could ever encounter. And this morning, we say, God, we love You. The most incredible message in all the world, isn't it? If you prayed that prayer this morning as David just led you now, if if you knew that God was speaking to you and you're in your heart, you're saying, yes, I need to know this. It's the most important decision you can ever make in your life. It really is. We want to encourage you on that journey. We want to support you on that journey. We're not meant to do that, that journey alone. God places us into His family. And if you're here this morning and you prayed that in your heart, as you leave, there's some Bible packs on some tables at the front and the foyer in the front. Just to take one of those, there's a Bible in there, some information to help you on your journey. There's also the Alpha course, some information around that. This course covers the foundations of the Christian faith. Millions of people around the world have done this course. It's been so helpful for them in their own journey. And I encourage you to take hold of that opportunity to do that course at some time. And if you came with someone, just tell them this morning, hey, that was for me. Don't keep it to yourself. Come and grab one of us. We'd love just to share with you, to pray with you this morning. But the most important decision, the most life-changing decision you can ever make right there this morning. And so as we conclude our service, we're going to worship we're going to praise. We're going to sing out, worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy. All of heaven is around the throne this morning, thanking Him, praising Him, pouring out their worship. We're going to join with all of heaven this morning. So let's stand on our feet as we come to sing, to worship Him, to praise Him, and give Him thanks for all that He has done for us. Let's worship together.
of the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever and ever. Let's sing out, continue to worship our great God this morning. Thank you this morning. Our hearts are full of praise to you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you that you reign supreme. We go in the confidence, Lord, that you are over all, that you are in all, that you're with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. So we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Please be seated. Don't forget those Bible packs as you leave. Information about Alpha Hot Cross Buns in the courtyard. Do stay with us. And don't forget Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Come. Join with us as we celebrate the good news that Jesus is alive. God bless.